I'm Kelvin Martin. And I'm Jason Bode. And you, you are now listening to Life on the Outside. Episode one of the Life on the Outside podcast with your host Jason Boone and Kelvin Martin. So, uh, so yeah, this is the uh, inaugural episode of the Life on the Outside podcast. We're just two brothers who don't really know what we're doing, but uh, but yeah. So, Life on the Outside. I'm gonna quickly tell you guys what the podcast is about, how me and Kelvin got this thing started, and then uh, and then we'll get right into the episode today. So, Life on the Outside. It's a podcast that we're dedicating to. Displaying the uniqueness of the individual. We've all heard that old adage that everyone is unique in their own way, you know? But uh, what truly makes someone unique? Here on the podcast, we're going to challenge you to answer that question. We're going to inquire about the box that society has built for you to live in. And then we're going to find out how you've been able to step outside of that box and truly live a life on the outside. With seven and a half billion people on this planet... Is it even possible to to be unique? We think it is, and that's why we're bringing you this podcast. So yeah, a brief introduction on how we got started. Kelvin and I were teammates, and one day at practice, it was brought to Kelvin's attention that I was going to be moving in with him. Now, this wasn't my choice. Kelvin had no say in it, but it's just one of those things that, you know, kind of happens when you play European basketball. And the funny thing about that is that in society's eyes, it's no problem for me and Kelvin to live together because we're the same person, you know, both black men, both born in the 80s, both from America, both playing ball in Europe. So it should be no problem for two guys who are basically the same person to move in and live together. But in our eyes, it was a little different because I'm from the north, New York City, born and raised. Kelvin, he's from the south. So... Georgia, get it right, bro. Georgia. Yeah, you can claim. You can say it. Shout it out. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, just came from two very different backgrounds and just wasn't sure how the two of us were going to just go from living these independent lives and having our own place to suddenly, instantly sharing an apartment. Long story short, ended up working out pretty well. We, we were sitting there at the dinner table one night. He was eating KFC. I was eating my my vegetable medley because we were just two different people, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Once again. and uh, was, yeah, I, I changed all that though. Living, living with me, Kelvin, he don't eat that. He don't eat that anymore. But um, but yeah, so we're living we're living together. We're sitting at the dinner table. We're talking about life, just life in general. And we found out that we had two things in common. One was we never sat in silence. There was always music playing in the background, you know. So, we had these speakers all set up, always the, the newest jams just playing in the background. Hated, hated sitting in silence. Second thing we learned is that neither of us liked being identified as one specific thing. You know, I, I talked about uh, my first year in Germany, how I came out here and people just labeled me as like the American. 
and just being the American was associated with so many different type type of stereotypes, and I couldn't stand it. Calvin talked about um, you know being from the South or being being the man around a bunch of women or being the um, basketball player around a bunch of people who didn't play basketball. And it just be, being boxed up into that one thing just drove us crazy. So fast forward, we're talking about um, these podcasts that I would listen to. And Kelvin and I talked about how cool it would be to just give people an outlet to talk about why if society labels them as one thing, but they feel like there's so much more, you know, just give them a chance to be able to express that. So, you know, we talked about it. And literally the next day, Kevin knocked on my door and said, hey, man, I got some ideas for this podcast that we're that we're going to record. And I said, this, this podcast that we're going to record. Kevin said, yeah, this, this podcast that we're going to record, we're going to we're going to do it. And that's and, and so to me, I think the main reason why Kelvin and I are going to be a good fit is because, you know, it's. I've learned to expect the unexpected. I didn't I didn't know how the situation with moving in with Kelvin was going to be. And I don't know how the situation with with doing a podcast with Kelvin is going to be. But I know that if Kelvin attacks this podcast the way that he's attacked everything in his life, and you guys will find out a little bit about his life later, that, you know, there, there's no choice but for us to succeed. And we're just we're just really excited to to have a chance to talk to people who understand that it's okay to live their life a little bit different than the norm. It's so easy to fall into that that typecast, that that role that society says you should be. But to step away from that and to truly live your life and be yourself is just something that not a lot of people get to do and we just want to broadcast that and showcase that a little bit for you guys today. So, without any further ado, let me uh, let me take a second to just introduce the breakdown of how the podcast is going to work. It's going to be a five-part Q&A, which we're going to dub the starting five. And these five questions are going to be meant to just be talking points for the person who's being interviewed. Now, this episode and the next episode are going to be a little bit different than the episodes going forward. In this first episode, I'm going to interview Kelvin, and then we're going to flip the roles in the next episode. But it's just kind of an introduction that just lets you guys know you know, how, how the podcast is going to roll. So hopefully you guys won't have to hear my voice so much anymore because we're going to get Kelvin <laughs> talking in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to jump it off with uh, with part one of this five-part Q&A, which we're going to call the scouting report. Quick background on the scouting report. Before every game, coach walks in the locker room, drops a scouting report in your locker. Uh, I mean, unless you're unless you're certain teams where you don't have actual lockers, but um, in your space, your practice space, we'll call it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and so it's it's your job to learn that these the scouting report on the other team. So what happens is you get like a player profile. It tells you a little bit about which way the player likes to go, how how good of a shooter they are, some of their percentages, kind of just a rough, a really rough um, description of the player. Based on just minimal knowledge, you know, you've watched a couple games, you know them from the past, you, you've you've seen the way that they play on film maybe once or twice, but it's your breakdown of another person. And so in the scouting report, we're going to talk a little bit about the overview of the person that we're interviewing. So today I'm going to talk to Kelvin a little bit about just what society is going to label him as. You know, he's we've already talked about him being a man. We've talked about him being of African-American descent. He's in his late 20s. Right, Kelvin? How old are you? 27 to be exact. 
27. Okay, 27, exactly. You're from the South, we talked about. Georgia, to be exact. <laughs> Georgia, to be exact. Adele, Georgia, Ooh, to be exact. My guy, my guy. Hey, I learned a couple of days living with you, man. Adele, Georgia. Yep. Um, you are a college graduate. Yes, sir. Charles Southern University. Okay, nice. What'd you major in? Uh, sociology and minor in psychology. Oh, man. Okay. That's why, that's why you always get in my head. Got it. Um, and you're a professional basketball player right now, currently employed at MHP Reason, Ludwigsburg. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, um, okay. Did you uh, work a job between graduating college and playing basketball? Nah, man. It was straight to the, straight to the overseas life, man. Straight overseas. Nice. Um, okay. Not married. Nah, ladies, I'm 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 available. You know, just holler at me. He's a, he's available, single and ready to mingle. No kids. No kids. No kids. All right. So so a broad overview of Calvin Martin is he's a 27 year old black man living in Germany from America, the southern states of America, Georgia, Adel, Georgia to be exact. College graduate. No wife. No kids. All right. So Calvin. Quickly, I want you to break down for me what society is going to label you as when that's the only information that they know about you. Uh, yeah, uh, just looking at me, you know, since I play basketball overseas, you know, people think I'm popular. You know, uh, obviously, uh, they'll think I have money, either mainly yep. because I play overseas and basically I care of myself by the way I dress. And, you know, the biggest one is, you know, I talk to a lot of girls or a lot of girls like me, you know, but, you know, my mom, you know, my, my mom, my mom say I'm a good looking guy and she really hypes me up. So, you know, I'm pretty confident, <laughs> you know, but, you know, like, you know, Need that. you know, it happens, you know, but it just comes with, it just comes with the territory. So, you know, I play ball and, you know, you attract who, who, who likes you. So that's just what happens. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I mean, that's a, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I think it's always, it, it's always easy to to pinpoint how society labels you. And I just think they, you know, sometimes I have to give it to them, you know, they're, they're stereotypes for a reason. Sometimes people fall into these stereotypes and if you make them too broad, then clearly there's going to be some aspect of a life that is, you know, that, that plays into that. But here on life on the outside podcast, we want to, we want to talk more about what makes you stand out from that stereotype. So moving right along to question two, we're gonna dub, we're gonna dub this one the playbook. So you have your scouting report that you get for the other team, but all season long you have to remember your playbook, whether it's offensive strategy, defensive strategy, and you know this like the back of your head. Obviously, this is something that you work on every day. You spend you know hours, sometimes twice a day, practicing. So on the Life on the Outside podcast, we're gonna talk about the playbook as more of a description of yourself. It's more about it's more about you than it is about your opponent, so to speak. Now, I want you to go ahead and describe to the listeners, you know, just how these these stereotypes and this role that you're typecasted into as a black man, professional basketball player, whatever, how they're wrong and and what there is more about you that society maybe doesn't know yeah um to me i'm not the average ball player you know i think i'm more than just a basketball player uh the biggest thing that i have done is starting my own foundation which is called off the court 
And the main thing, the mission is to help, to provide, and to encourage others. And I have big plans for it. Right now, it's right now it's starting small and then it's growing, you know. But I I want to like start a mentorship program for it and like actually like have a scholarship program where I can give you know get kids into scholarships or give them just a little money, you know, because I know how it is in college. So definitely, you know, I'm just trying to help out as much as I can. And along with that, you know, I'm I'm big on helping the community, yeah, even not just my community, but and it could be outside. The, it can be outside my community or, you know, even across the world, you know. So uh, that's the big thing I like to do. And I started that what, what, I started that since, heck, I've been a professional. You know, and a couple of things I did recently, you know, I had a, a food for thought program where basically I just took like three or four people from my from my city. And, you know, that was that was doing good things. And we had talked to the kids and, you know, just gave them some insight just gave him some help, told us about our struggles and, you know, have had uh, re refreshments out there so they can, you know, as as we're talking, they can listen and eat something, you know, at, at the same time. And, you know, that was a good thing. You know, I think I, I probably do that again next year. And I think I have a better turnout. You know, it was just something I just really started up. Definitely. I did um, this awareness program, basically just talking about the things that was uh, that's going on in, in the world right now, you know, drugs. Uh, police brutality, uh, sex, uh, uh, gangs, all, all, anything that's really, anything that's really like a, a, a issue in America or just around the world, whatever. You know, I talked about that. Walked around my city, you know, with a couple people, and like handing out like a like a like a goodie bag, as well as as well as talking to them about the things that you know they need to be aware about. You know. Um, yeah, I did a Christmas giveaway, my first actual Christmas giveaway, something I always wanted to do. Nice. Um, it was big, man. I was I was really happy. Uh, gave out probably like from ages to one through ten. I had, my, I had some people that my back home, my mom, my dad, uh, a couple other people that really helped me out since I wasn't able to come back home to actually to do be there, right, right. Yeah, to actually do the uh, giveaway. But you know, I had I had my support. And people that helped me out, and it was a good turnout. A lot of kids came out. Almost every gift was gone. Uh, gave out two bikes, you know, to the to the winner of the raffle tickets to a boy and a girl. damn okay. So to a boy and a girl. So it was like you know it was big for me. It was I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to doing it as the years come on, as the years pass by. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just something that it's just something I'm I just always wanted to do. Um, you know, everything I do is with my, my, my time, my money, you know, but I don't yep. really look for it. Like, I don't really look at it like that. You know, I do it from my heart, you know, money comes and goes, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't concern myself with materialistic things, you know, because that's just not my focus. You know, I think my purpose in life is bigger than what I do right now, even with basketball, you know, God put me on this platform for a reason and, you know, Basically, to talk about how he has inspired my life and how his son, what they did for me and, you know, share it with us, share yep. my testimony. So, you know, for me, that's big. And, you know, it's bigger. It's bigger than basketball. So, um, yeah, like other things about me, like people consider me a jack of all trades, you know, because I do a lot. Okay. Like I'm I'm always I want to say I'm busy, but I'm I'm an active person. Like I might I might. <laughs> I may seem lazy at times, but I'm very active. 
Like uh, facts. <laughs> you would know. I'm in Patrice. I knew. You would know. So like, um, like I make movies. I do music. I wrote a book called God Family Basketball. I started. I started uh, my new magazine, which is called the KM. We doing this podcast that you know me and you decided to start. Uh, I'm a photographer. I take pictures. I got my own clothing line. Some good. If, if you check, if you check my Instagram, you can you can get proof that you do take good pictures. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could vouch. I could definitely vouch on that. Hey, one. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. I got my own clothing line, OTC collection. Uh, man, it's 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 crazy. You know, I get a lot of support, but I do everything not just for me. You know, just basically to help, to inspire, to motivate, to encourage people because it's a bigger picture. Like I said, you know. This is an opportunity for me to be to to help someone else. You know, when I because I know when I was growing up, when I was coming out, you know, I needed some help. You know, and it's and there's people that helped me. So, you know, I can return the favor and help others. You know, because you know, at the end of the day, Jason, you know your career's pretty much coming to an end eventually. I got gray hairs, man. Every 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 time I go in the bathroom in the morning, man, I see a new gray hair. So (laughs) that's how you know. So say, of course, on episode two, we'll talk about more about you. But, you know, like, you know, basketball ends at some point. And like right now, I'm trying to set myself up, you know, set myself up for after basketball. And, you know, that's the reason why I do a lot of things. And, you know, I don't want to be considered a basketball player because I'm way I'm way more than that. So, you know, right. You know, putting out my playbook is kind of thick, you know, and there's a couple of things I ain't missing out. There's a couple of things I'm going to add to it, you know, a couple of things I'm going to take away. But, you know. It's, I'm always I'm always moving forward, and that's the biggest thing for me. I hear that, man. That's um, that, and I think that's key. You know, it, it's it's rare that somebody is as giving as you are, and whether it's giving somebody a platform to do well, or giving away material things to people who are in need, or just giving back your time. I think that's that's just an honorable thing, and uh, and you should definitely definitely be proud of that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. You know. So, uh, so yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna continue here, the third part of our starting five segment is called "Take a Charge." Now, you and I both know that on the basketball court, there are very there are like momentum shifting events that'll happen. You and I both have dunked on people to the point where they wanted to run home to their mom and cry. I dunked you and I have both. By the way, I dunked on more people than you probably, but. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. We we might have to we might have to pull up some of those tapes, man. I have a uh, I have a couple I have a couple of YouTube YouTube videos that might uh that might surprise you. I used to I used to jump a little bit higher back in the day, but hey, we can we can see. Um. So yeah. So there's obviously the the dunk the dunk over somebody. Now I've always prided myself on on defense, and when you go up and block somebody's dunk, that is definitely a momentum changer. Yep. But. For the, for the average basketball player who may not be able to take off and power over somebody or go and, and block a shot at the rim, I think taking a charge is like the universal play that is like a momentum shifter. Mm-hmm. You, you're putting your body on the line. You're sacrificing everything. You're taking a hit. You're stopping maybe their go-to basketball player or their go-to like person in that moment who's going at the basket. And you're laying your body on the line. That person is just going to run you over, and you're going to get the ball back for your team. So here on Life on the Outside, we're going to use this take a charge segment to just talk about sacrificing. You know, some sacrifices that you've made to to get to where you're at, or to potentially get to where you want to be at. Because 
no, you know, nothing good in life comes without sacrifice. If you haven't worked for it, if you haven't given things up to get it, then, you know, it's, it's, you're just living your life regular. You're living inside that box. You're not getting out of your comfort zone. So talk to me a little bit about some of the sacrifices that you've made to this, up until this point in your life that you feel have propelled you to live a life on the outside. Yeah. Um, in high school, I didn't, I didn't know how to drive and I didn't learn to okay. drive kind of on purpose reason being to like focus on school and to focus on, you know, to focus on basketball, focus more on basketball. You know, um, I think if, if I was, if I was able to drive, like if I was able to drive at 16, 17 as a teenager, man, like, <laughs> you know, how it is, man, I'd be in somebody's, <laughs> I'd be in, I'd be with somebody's daughter, man. All the time. You know, somebody, Ooh, buddy. Like, yes, sir. At the movies, <laughs> at the house, like do, doing things I ain't supposed to be doing. I think me actually not driving, you know, it didn't create distractions. I didn't have distractions that I didn't need in my life. So you know, it's like, of course, you know, things gonna come, come and come my way and distract me. But that would have probably been the biggest thing because you know, you know, doing homework and chilling with a girl. I'm saying I'm probably gonna chill with that girl, especially if she look good. So. You know, that's, just, <laughs> that's just one of those things. It's simple. You know, like I'm sure like a lot of people wouldn't do this, but, you know, that was just one of the things that, you know, that I came across, you know, especially being from a small city. So it wasn't really a major thing that I needed to know how to drive because everything was pretty much 15 minutes walking distance. And it was good exercise gotcha. for me. So, hey, whatever. Um, Being away from home, you know, being away from home, like I'm... I'm in a military family. I'm a military brat. My dad's in the army. Okay. So I'm used to him yep. being away. I'm used to him being away. And, you know, um, I played travel ball, AAU, and always being mm -hmm. gone in high school, always being gone the weekend, you know, but this all prepared me for college because my parents ended up moving to New Jersey when I was, after I graduated high school. And I had a chance to go okay. to school in New York, you know, to your stomping grounds or whatever. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> At Stony Brook University. But, you know, we had just recently moved to New, New Jersey and I didn't want to be. It was like a three hour train ride back home and I didn't want to be so close to home. I kind of want to mature right. it on my own and learn from my mistakes and make mistakes so I can learn from them and, you know, help me exactly. grow as a man. And, you know, that was that was one of the big things. And obviously, you know, that played a part in professionally, you know, being overseas, you know, for nine months and not really seeing my family at all, you know, and just. Besides on FaceTime, you know, thank God for technology. <laughs> you know, I could just, I could just, <laughs> I could just feel for like guys like 10, 10, 15 years ago when FaceTime wasn't existing and they was writing emails back and forth to each other or talking. About <clears throat> that was uh, <clears throat> that was me my first couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, I don't know how y'all did it, man. I would have been sick. Man. Didn't like man. You know, I don't even, I don't even know back then. I don't know like Wi-Fi like. Bro, overseas, yeah, was, we no. live for Wi-Fi, bro. Everywhere we go, the first thing we <laughs> ask them, you hey, what's your Wi-Fi code? What's your Wi-Fi password? Wi you know? I just Different time, man. <laughs> different time. That's just crazy, man. And like um, some other sacrifices, you know, relationships. Not, not necessarily girlfriend, boyfriend, but, you know, friends, you know, family. You know, uh, these are sacrifices you're going to make because, you know, every, you, can't, you can't please everybody. You know, you can't do Never. can't do everything where everybody wants you to do. And you're going to make some people unhappy. And, you know, I, it cost me a couple of relationships, you know, where, you know, I'm, I lose a friend. I lose a girlfriend. I 
family members feel like I turned on them. You know, yep. but it but it happens. You know, it's it's a part of it's a part of life. It's a part of trying to be successful. You know, pursuing your dream. These are things that you're gonna have to deal with. You know, and you can't be looking for approval and confirmation from so many people. Too many people. I'm sorry. You know, you just kind of kind of gotta trust yourself and trust your gut and you know feel like things are gonna work out. You know, even though you know I lost a couple of people in my life. You know, but. I can deal with that being the position I am now today. I'm very thankful. So, you know, I can't complain about that. And, yeah, like probably one of the other biggest things that, you know, I probably did was, uh, you know, give give my life to Christ. You know, um, I sacrificed myself and just saying, like, you know, I don't want to live the way I'm living. And, you know, I want to live for the Lord. And, you know, um, it was a journey, man, because, you know, I knew that, I needed I needed God in my life, and I knew I needed to, you know, get His guidance. And you know, even in college, when my freshman year, when I actually finally did accept Christ, you know, my next two years, you know, with well, those those two years, my freshman and sophomore year, you know, I was still like living on my living out my ways, and you know, God have a has a way of showing showing you that you know you need Him. And, you know, he's knocking always. always, man. You know, he's knocking on that door. You know, it's just up to us to yep. open it. And, um, yeah, that and he, he was knocking, bro. And, you know, I was going through some things. In my junior year, man, he just he just kept knocking. It was probably my hardest years of college, you know, just dealing with, you know, family issues and, you know, you know money situation tight. You know, uh, uh, school was getting tough. I'm getting ready to graduate. Basketball not going all great, going all that well. So, uh, you know, and it was just it was just to the point where, you know, I found myself just breaking down and crying in my room, bro, because it was like it was bad. Like I was praying, praying and like it just got to the point where, you know, I just broke down and cried and, you know, talked to one of my um, youth pastors at the time, Eli, Eli Bird. But, uh, you know, he helped me through it. You know, uh, and, and my and my college coach, you know, because he's the first person I told about all the situation, all the things that was going down, and he was the first person I told about it. And um, after seeing him, he knew something was wrong because, you know, just just I went to his office, I called him, I said I need to see you. He was like, Yeah, okay, Mark, you can come in, whatever. And as soon as I seen him, you know, I was I just broke down crying, and I knew that he never seen me like that, so he knew something was like it was a lot that I was dealing with. What's that? Yeah. that I was holding in and you know um and from that moment you know we our, our relationship was pretty shaky my first two years I actually even wanted to transfer to another school but then you know after that moment you know uh, I asked him to help me um uh, help help me with my relationship with God and like you know teach me like you know more about the Bible and and help me understand things and from that moment on our, our relationship has been great like you know we're we're like good friends like a He's like, he's like family to me. So, right. you know, it, it went on in my senior year. Like, you know, like even if you're going, even if you do accept Christ, then you no know, things is not going to be great. You know, things going to be just perfect because, you you know, we have God in our life. You know, you know we're going to right. you know, have to go through our ups and downs. And exactly. I did that. You know, I did that. And um, it was it was OK for me. And um, by the time my senior year was over. 
Uh, I ended up getting one of the best awards that I ever received was the Christian Leadership Award. And I'm very thankful for that award. And, you know, I, I, I cherish it because, you know, I just know what I went through and I know the things I, the, the, everything I had to go through to get to the position I am tonight, where I am today. So, yeah. It's a lot of sacrifice, my man. That's, uh, and it, and I just think it's good to reflect on like how far you've come and the things maybe that you've given up to get to where you're at. Not everybody gets to always do that. And it's, it's usually a lot, man. When you, when you actually sit and think about it, it can be a lot more than, than you would typically just think. And, you know, I think if you keep, keep living the life that you're, that you're trying to live and that you, that you're determined to live, then, it, you know, it'll only, only get better from there. Very true. All right. Um, so yeah, continuing on, we are going to wrap up the rest of these questions. Um, we have two more sections left. Number four, we're going to dub turnover, um, because no game is perfect. You know, just like no life is perfect. You're always going to turn the ball over during the course of a basketball game. And if you've ever watched kids play basketball, the most obvious turnover is the travel. They pick up the ball and they run with it and they try to shoot it, but they take maybe five or six up to 10, 20 steps with the basketball <laughs> without dribbling. So if traveling is, is the most obvious basketball call that we have, this uh, this turnover section, we're going to actually focus on traveling, the act of traveling, not in terms of basketball, but actually going from one place to another. And I think the reason that we're going to do it this way is because to step outside of your box, you know, that this life on the outside, it's hard to do if you're stuck in the same place, if you're around the same people. And I think that opening your horizons to meeting different people or seeing different parts of the world are definitely going to encourage you to find your find your path and, and be unique. So talk to us a little bit about maybe places that you've traveled that have had an experience on you, maybe places that you want to travel to, that you want to seek inspiration from, or, or just somewhere that you've been in the world outside of maybe where you grew up that has molded you into the man that you are today and, and has kind of shown you that it's okay to live a life on the outside. Yeah, man. Uh, being a military brat and <laughs> playing basketball overseas, I didn't seen a lot of places, been to a lot of places too, you know, lived in a lot of places. Um, but, you know, one place that, you know, I, I, I love and I think it helped, it helped me in so many ways to understand a lot not just with my career, but with my life, is Italy. Um, Italy is amazing, man. I, I love it. Uh, beautiful city, beautiful women, great food, nice weather. Just, just, just a place you just go and just want to just enjoy everything it has to offer. Definitely. Um, I've been to Italy twice as far as living there. Uh, my first okay. my first stay was shorter than my second stay, and I'm a little upset about my first stay. But you know, that's when I tell you that that's when I say uh, it helped mold me as the person I am to it today. You know, that first year was basically me coming back from injury, and you know, getting a deal from my that my agent got, which is whose name is Dave Gasman. Shout out to him, great guy. <laughs> but uh. Putting me in a situation where, you know, I was coming back for injury. The team knew what the situation was. And, and, you know, just taking it day by day, just making sure I was ready by the first official game of the season. And, you know, um, I was out there and I was, you know, I was still like, you know, as 
playing basketball overseas, you know how it is. It can be, you know, you still be on edge if you know you come back for injury and you don't know, like, because you know it's a it's a business at the end of the day. So you know your job is always on the line, no matter how good you are, what you do on the court, whatever it is. You know, your job is on on the line. So I was a little on edge, man. I was I was always on my toes and making sure that I was doing everything I needed to do to you know stay on the team. You know, it seemed like I was getting better and, and healthy. And, you know, uh, it was uh, I had like a meeting with him, which uh, one of my one of my old teammates was there, Michael Deloach. You know, he actually heard the whole conversation and he was telling and the, the whole organization was like, yeah, we like you as a player. You know, we, we, we want you to stay. We're going to keep you. You know, we're going to wait on you. And, you know, it was cool. But, you know, I still was on edge a little bit. You know, I didn't like, you know, relax and be like, OK, you know, I'm good. Like everything's going to be fine. And, you know, technically, you know, I had my we came back from um preseason and, you know, starting, you know, uh starting uh starting the season right and like getting getting prepared for our preseason games and you know whatever we had to do you know my first game I killed you know I had 19 points like six rebounds six steals like three three or four dunks you know this is like coming out coming after my injury you know so you know I'm like okay you know I'm I'm getting right you know I'm getting I'm ready yeah, yeah. pretty much you know, I'm playing good so you know my agent called me he was like yeah like what's going on like you know, I'm like, what you mean? Like the doctor's telling me, you know, I'm okay. You know, and that's one of the other things about about our profession that we do. You know, you know, like it's a language barrier, and that was the biggest thing. You know, most Italians didn't speak English, so you know, I'm always getting my info from another source. You know, so it's like uh, the doctor can tell me that I'm okay, but he can tell the whole organization something different, and that's pretty right. much what was going on. And you know, after talking to my agent, my agent was like. You know, I think they might try to get rid of you. And I'm like, well, do you want me to go talk to the coach? And he was like, yeah, to talk to the coach. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So I go talk to the coach and he looks in my face for a minute and a half and tells me to go take a shower. From that point on, I knew that I probably wasn't going to be on this team no more. The next day, <laughs> you know, the next day I go to the office and you no, know, I go to the gym, sorry, go to the gym and they call me to the office and was like, yeah. We're, we're going to cut you. You know, we want someone that's more healthy. You know, total opposite of the conversation we had when we was in preseason, you know, in in the mountains working out. So, you know, it was just like, yeah. it was it was crazy, you know, like, and in my inside, I you know, I just wanted to just <laughs> just be that stereotype as, as you oh, know. Oh, I know. <laughs> just, just be straight up, like, straight just going off on them. But, you know, I knew it was a business mm-hmm. and I knew I had to be professional and I handled that way. You know, I told them my opinion. I told them that I thought it was wrong, you know. They told me one thing and, and went back on it, but I understood the business part of, of the game. So, you know, you know, thanks for having me, and you know, I went my way. Now, with this being said, I haven't got paid yet. I was supposed to get paid after coming back from the preseason, you know, preseason um, conditioning and stuff, and I haven't got paid. Right. So, I was pretty much broke, you know, being injured and only spending like almost half a year. My first year, you know, I didn't really have that much money, not making that much money. And um, right. so I didn't have no money pretty much. You know, I'm over, I'm in um, Italy, like three days for my birthday. I got cut, no money and nothing to eat, yo. Like I'm <sighs> in my house, like nothing to eat. And yeah, of course, you know, I have people I can call. My mom knew the situation, my dad knew the situation and I have friends 
and other family members that would have loved to like send me money and help. But, you know, I just didn't want them because I knew my family situation and I'm big on not asking people for help. Like I'm very stubborn in a sense, like I'm not going to ask people, you know, for money or that. I just rather just, you know, thug it out, like, you know, go as, you know, do what I have to do, you know, whatever. Yep. And, you know, I was talking to this, uh, I had a friend that I met in Holland my first year where I played at. And um, I'm, on a side note, I'm big on, like, one of the things I want to say is networking and making friends, man. Especially, like, when you're, like, traveling outside the world and, you know, traveling outside with, out of your norms and meeting new people, you know, it's always good to stay connected with people that you can trust. And and and, and she was one of those people. You know, is um, okay, cause I was telling her the situation, and um, she was like, "Yo, like the first day she kind of let it slide. She was like, she didn't like it, but then the next day, you know, she was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna give you this money, and you're gonna take it, and you just pay me back, you know, because you know, at night, bro, I wasn't eating nothing but peanut butter, Skippy peanut butter. So it's crazy for like two or three nights. So she was just like, she got fed up with it. And she just like, yo, you're going to take the money. I don't care what you, I don't care how you feel. You know, and um, yeah, pay me back when you get back home. And I was like, man, from that day forward, man, like me and her, which her name is Alina, we still talk to this day. Like, you know, she's like a true friend. Like, you know, for that, for someone to do that for me, you know, I do the same for her. And she know that, you know, but if she needed something, she can always come to me for that. But I appreciate that, you know, after that, bro, you know, I got, it was like my birthday when I actually decided to let people know I got cut. And, okay. you know, I was, I, w- I wasn't mad. You know, I, I looked at it as an opportunity. You know, I, I usually try to take things that negative happened, that, that things that negative happened, things that are negative that happened to me, you know, and turn them into a positive. And, and that's one of those things I did. And, you know, uh, it was a couple of things I needed to do back home that I wanted to do, which was, you know, I wanted to get baptized, you know, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to make a movie, you know, about my situation, about, you know, about everybody deserves another chance, which is, that's what the movie is called, Everybody Deserves Another Chance, one and two, which is on YouTube, you can watch. Hey. And, um. Plug, good plug, shameless plug, I like that, I like that. (laughs) Hey, gotta get get myself out there, bro. That's it, we'll link that in the description. (laughs) So, um, Yeah. And you know, that's, and that's the things I did, you know. And I eventually, you know, I eventually got another job, and you know, I, and it was a grind, man. Nothing has been perfect with me, but you know, after that day, you know, when I came back from Italy, I told myself that I would be back in Italy. And you know, God don't make mistakes. And, you know, I spent, I went the year, I went, I took a year, and went to Germany, and then that next year, bro, I was in Italy back again, and. And living it up, bro. Mad love, beautiful women. Like living by the beach. I was five minutes from the beach. You know, it was it was great. Like I was just enjoying everything, and I knew that you know I was gonna get everything I deserved. Man, I just had to stay patient, trust God, and keep my faith. And that's exactly what I did. And so that's just one of those things that you know, Italy was just it helped me as a person understand the business aspect, and you know. Just do different things and just be open minded to a lot of things that you know that just happen. So yeah. And like if I had to say like a place that I would travel, I want to travel to, it's either Japan or China. You know, uh Okay. 
as you know, bro, you know, every, everything is made in China and America for some odd reason. <laughs> That's you, it. You can't afford nothing in my life. Yeah, but for me, learning their culture is like, it's just one of those type of things. I just want to learn their culture, understand different things about it. Just, just see it and just experience it, you know, and just and pick their minds. And then, you know, mashing, you know, America, Europe, and that Asian and just mashing together and help me build my brand and what I have and make it something special, you know, because I, I I have a taste of all of it. So, you know, I just put that all in one and just and just go for it. And so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I, I do think I will take a trip there. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not I'm going to say I want to go there and not go there. I'm going to go there eventually. <laughs> right. Eventually. But that's just got to be it for me, man, you know. That's a uh, I mean, that's. I think the I think there's so much value in being able to experience different things and you clearly have dealt with the the good and the bad of traveling it seems and yeah I mean it's it's definitely it's not taking away from anything that you want to do in the future and I just think that part of the lesson that you learned while you were in Italy was unfortunately the business of how professional basketball works you know I can I can definitely yep empathize with you in that sense but um yeah I, I just think when when you live your life outside the box and you get out and travel and you see different parts of the world it just gives you a different appreciation for what it is that you have in your life and and just you know helps you live the way that you want to be living yes sir you know it so i guess that brings us to our last and probably most important question which we're going to call crunch time now towards the end of the game just like the end of the podcast here um you're gonna you're gonna have to make a play to win a game. So if the game is close, coming down to the last seconds, your team's on offense, you need to score a point, your team's on defense, you need to get a stop. You're out there in crunch time. Now, as we all know, basketball is a team sport, just like life. Although you're living it on the outside, you, it's a team, it's a team thing. And so in this crunch time moment, we're gonna talk about the other four players that you want on the court with you. So it's the last minute of the game. You can pick four teammates, and I say that in quotes, um, in the game of life that you just want to have with you in that most important moment. So it doesn't have to be your last moment because you obviously haven't lived that yet. You have a lot of life on the outside to live. Um, so just talk to me a little bit about the four people that you would want to have on the court with you in that most important moment of your life. It can be anybody from family members to influencers to teammates to ex-teammates slash roommates who you do a podcast with you know anybody who you feel in this most important moment that you want to have out there with you yeah um first things first you know first person i I would choose would be god you know i spoke i spoke highly of him earlier you know but you know i just know that without him that nothing is possible man you know, anything is possible with him, with his son, Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's that's just how I am. So, you know, if I'm a starter, if I need somebody, I know he's always going to be there. So he's definitely going to be on my team. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I should name all my family members on here, but you know, they all <laughs> play the role. But, you know, I'll appreciate it. You know, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Shout out to my my dad and my two brothers, you know, Joseph and Paul. But my next person would be my mom, you know, Zelda Martin. Okay. Um, yeah, man. She's 
my biggest fan, <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> she done taught me so much, and uh, I, I love her to death. I wouldn't know what to do without her. And I say that, you know, me and my family are like one, and I think she's she's the center of all of it. Like, if she goes, if something happens to her, then I don't think as a family we would know what to do. We'll be lost. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's the reason, she's my motivation to keep going and keep doing what I'm doing. You know, when I'm down, I I think about my mom and, you know, my family and and just trying to, and just and try to pursue what I need to do and get, and get it done. Because I know, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of what happens, she's always going to have my back. If I was dead broke, didn't have no money, she's still going to be there. She's still going to be the same person that she is. So I know that's never going to change. And she, uh, she'll definitely have to be on my team. Um, my brother from another mother, <laughs> Jamarco <laughs> Warren. Uh, dude is the reason why I went to Charleston Southern. Okay. He's the reason why I'm the basketball player I am today. You know, I worked on my game a lot, but you know, he's the one that pushed me. You know, told me to shoot the ball when you know I was I was a little scared to shoot the ball. You know, you know, push my push me to my limits, and you know, made me the best player I can be. You know, it's a lot of things that you know that he should be. He should be. He should be a professional basketball player because he, he works hard in his game and, and he's and he's and he's good. He's talented. But you know things, you know things is run this course, you know, and hopefully get a job this this coming year. But you know that's my guy, man. Um, he's the he's the first person I go to with all my ideals, from off the court to my clothing line, books, whatever it is. He's the first person I go to. I don't really seek approval or anything like that, but I just like his. I like I like the way he thinks. We're like almost the same person. My mom treats him as he as he is his son or something. So you know, it's all love there. So I just can't, I don't think, I don't know where I would be if I didn't meet him, you know, coming out my, uh, on a visit to Charleston. I wouldn't know where I'd be. I'd still be good, but I wouldn't be as good as I am today. Um, and last, you know, be uh, Robert Turner. Rob Lowe. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> he, uh, he actually the ones that, that, that trains me, you know, in, in the weight room as far as, you know, my body go, you know. You know, Jason, you want to say you got a better body than me. You might be bigger than me, but yeah. I mean, yeah. it's we, we could, we could, we could, we could compare. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, he's he's the guy that shapes it up, you know. Uh, and he's and he, and he's my friend, and he's like a big brother to me. You know, teaches me a lot. You know, he's honest with me. You know, and um, I'm, he, he, he took me to school. He took me to school when I was in high school, and Dropping back off and I needed to ride home. You know, he wasn't all that close as we are now, but you know, he played that role and he always been he always been cool with me. And then like we met in 2013 and ever since then we just been as tight as ever. And you know, he usually calls me every day, but now man, when our schedules change, he don't call me no more. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I don't even talk to my man's no more. But nah, but when I get home, you know, when I get home it's all love and then we see each other every time, all day, every day pretty much. Yep. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, with them, with those people on my team, man, anything is possible for me. I can do it. I can do it all. Anything I'm gonna put on my mind to, I can do it all with them, with those behind me. I hear that, man. That's a uh if it was crunch time and you and you were out there on the floor with those four, I like your chances to win any any game there is. Yeah. 
Well, that's what's up, man. That's gonna uh, that's gonna wrap up then this uh, this inaugural episode of Life on the Outside, the podcast. Uh, tell the people where they can find you at online. Uh, Twitter at km underscore one on IG at Kelvin Martin. That's all together. And um, you know, if you want to follow us on Life on the Outside podcast on Twitter, you can go. To L-O-T-O underscore podcast and on IG, L-O-T-O podcast. That's all together. Sounds good, man. My uh, my handle on both Instagram and Twitter is at Black Hercules, Black the Color, Hercules the Demigod, and then the number 21. So that's Black Hercules 21 on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, before we wrap up, man, I need you to uh, recite the podcast slogan to the people, man. Just tell them uh, once again just what your name is and that you live your life on the outside. And we can wrap this thing up. What's up, everybody? I'm Kelvin Martin, and I live my life on the outside. That'll do it, folks. We'll see you here next time for, uh, for podcast two. We've had a really, really good time. We hope you guys enjoy, and we'll be talking to you soon. We out.